Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Well, that feels like two points dropped and Forrest failed to win again. And unfortunately, it's another home match that we haven't won. And given our away record, that doesn't bode well. This is the 1865 Match Report with me, Rich Ferraro. In today's report, we're going to discuss the Wolves game and what that means for Forrest's chances. And we'll also have a little chat about the Steve Cooper situation. Um, I'm joined by Baz and he'll be talking to us in just a minute. But first, the Forrest team news. Kaylor Navas was in goal with Nico Williams and Harry Toffolo coming into the team instead of Serge Aurier and Renan Lodi in the fullback positions. We had Felipe and Musa Niakate in the centre-half positions. And in midfield, Remo Freuler was flanked by Oral Mangala and Danilo. And in the front three, Morgan Gibbs-White was supporting Brennan Johnson and Emmanuel Dennis. And as you will probably know by the time you hear this, Forrest took the lead after 38 minutes of the first half with Brennan Johnson scoring. And Wolves equalised after 38 minutes of the second half with Daniel Pedence firing home Baz just before we started recording you were you were saying to your daughter who was asking how was the match and you said well it was good until it wasn't mm-hmm. <laughs> do you stick by that yeah I think actually well it was incredibly entertaining it was one of those games because of the beef between the two clubs um it came across that like obviously everyone was very very fired up especially Morgan Gibbs White um I'm of the opinion that I like to see a little bit of handbags between players happening every now and then because it shows that it means something to them and it's quite entertaining for us. And and coaching staff as well. Yes, and coaching staff. Um, And it was one of those where we played pretty good football for the most part. The only thing, and we knew it all the way through the game, you could hear it in the stands, is we're going to regret not putting those chances away because we did make quite a few decent chances. And as it turned out, we did regret not putting them away. Yeah, so, I mean, it's definitely two points dropped, isn't it? It feels like a defeat. Ouch. Okay. And 
uh, let's get this out of the way before we go any further. We'll talk a bit about, you know, other things in the match, but that moment when Emmanuel Dennis, rather than squaring it to Morgan Gibbs-White in the second half, he took the extra touches and he had a shot and it was saved and Brennan Johnson couldn't put away the rebound. I mean, people talk about turning points in matches. I mean, that was a pivotal moment, yeah? Yeah. Um, Dennis has played really well. Uh, well, as he's played as well as he did against Newcastle, which is are his best two performances for us. Mm-hmm. And he was good. But, and he's a striker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not a winger. And so you can understand why he would want to get on the score sheet. Yep. But everyone in the ground could see Gibbs White in a ton of space and all he had to do was roll the ball square. Mm-hmm. And he chose the harder option. And, well, what can you say? It's like that That would have... It, as ever, we can't really trust ourselves to keep a clean sheet. Mm-hmm. And we can't trust ourselves to get many goals. So every chance we take, we get, we have to take them, and we didn't. Yeah, yeah. And and it cost us, because mm. we couldn't keep that clean sheet, and when you've only got one goal advantage, hey, that's the points. Um, let's go through some of the, you know, the, the match itself. Um, I mean, Brennan was playing, despite having been pulled out of the uh, Wales squad with what Steve Cooper claimed was a new injury over and above uh, the one that, almost kept him out of the Newcastle game. Um, Robert Page, not very happy, but you'd ex- you'd expect both managers to mm. say what they've said. Um, so Johnson did um, have an effort early on, which Saar had to save. Uh, Dennis uh, took on Nelson Semedo, and there was a, a kind of a claim for a penalty, but VAR ruled, well, it was, his hand was right next to his body and mm-hmm. he couldn't really give that. Um, so, you know, that's what VAR's for, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then let's, well, let's let's talk about the goal. Um, Before the goal, there yeah. was the other, um, the, the other penalty shout. Go on. So um, Johnson broke and was being manhandled on the edge of the box, mm-hmm. beat his man, mm-hmm. was being manhandled inside the box, mm-hmm. beat his man, made it to the byline and then fell over. Mm-hmm. From where I was, I thought it was a penalty. Mm-hmm. And if it hadn't been a penalty for when he fell over, then it should have been a penalty or at least a free kick for the being manhandled before that. Mm-hmm. But the referee immediately waved it on and booked him for diving. So that was just after Forrest had scored, wasn't it? So uh, the goal was on 38 minutes and that came on 40 minutes when he was when he was booked for diving. Um, there is a theme there that we'll we'll come back mm-hmm. to. Um, I think before the goal, uh, before we talk about the goal, actually, it's probably worth also reflecting upon the fact that uh, Wolves could have taken the lead because they actually hit the bar Um so Cunha and Niakate... Well, Niakate hit the bar. Yeah. So Cunha and Niakate went for the ball. Niakate got to it first and he hit his own bar, mm-hmm. which he would have felt pretty cursed if that had gone in after what had happened against Newcastle. Um, but I, I think that the, even more... Well, no, the goal was amazing, but even more important than the goal was actually Morgan Gibbs-White. 
you could tell he wanted this game. He was everywhere. He was back making tackles. He was creating, starting our attacks and then being on the end of mm-hmm. the attacks. He was all over the place. And the fact that Forrest had been in the ascendancy before they scored the opening goal was down to Gibbs White taking the game by the scruff of the neck, I would say. Um, well, actually, no, I want to talk... Well, we, we'll come back to this, I think. Okay. The, the midfield in general mm-hmm. was totally different to how it's been over the last few weeks. Yeah. Yes. And Maradon the Midlands, um, our podcasting friend, said in our group chat that he was really encouraged by the fact that there's more mobility, more dynamic play. And he put it down to the fact that Shelby wasn't playing. Well, yes, I would agree. Um, But also, this happened a lot, was Dennis would pick up the ball on the left wing Mm -hmm. and make the run at the fullback. And then Danilo would come in in front of him Mm -hmm. in what they call the half space. So Mm -hmm. basically on that line between the the fullback and the centre-back. Yeah. And that was causing them all sorts of problems. They didn't they didn't know how to double up mm. on that. And mm. that's not something we've not had a midfielder bursting forwards since Yates got injured or went out. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Let's talk we we, we promised to talk about the goal about three <laughs> minutes ago. Let's let's start that now. So it was very nicely worked, wasn't it? So the and ball well, the, the ball came forward from the halfway line, didn't it? And Nierkate passed it forward. It went to Gibbs White. Gibbs White passed it. So it went to Danilo. Danilo to Gibbs White. Gibbs White back to Danilo. Now, I'm just going to throw this out there. So there was some lovely play. Really nice turn by Danilo and, and pass back to him by Gibbs White. Danilo then was really strong and dynamic and, and forward forward thinking. But when he played the pass and the ball went to an acute angle, I mean, were you thinking what I was thinking? which was just, he's not going to score from... Oh! Actually, no. I, I was thinking... What I was thinking was that's an example of Danilo making those runs that I was just been talking to the bloke next to me about. <laughs> yeah. And then I was thinking if we can keep doing that, then we'll score. And then it, we did. So, mm. so uh, but yeah, I mean, the finish was from the acute angle. Yeah. He megged Jose Sarr. So it's quite a nice goal to score in that respect. Um, and but, uh, what I loved about it was that build up, the, the little one twos between yeah. Danilo and Gibbs White. Um, it's that sort of type of play that gets, well, not, not results, but it gets goals because yeah. the, the opposition don't know how to defend against it. That movement, that fast movement, the fast one touch passing, and we've not had enough of it recently. Yeah, and again, that comes down to the midfield having looked pretty stodgy. Mm. And again, that is something which we will come back to. Um, And then there was the incident where Johnson was booked for diving. Mm -hmm. I'd need to see it again, probably see... I I haven't seen it again. Mm. Um, As you said, the Maradona of the Midlands said he dived, but I thought there was at least two fouls in the build-up to it anyway, so... Yeah, yeah. And And certainly, I don't think it merited a booking. Well, we always say, especially when you and I are talking, um, we always say we don't want to talk about rest, but we're going to have to talk about him at some point. So we'll come back to that. Okay. Well, I, I will say this. I thought the ref had a very good game in general. Okay. And that's a lot of people will disagree with me on that, but mm-hmm. I thought he actually kept control 
when it could easily have boiled over into something much worse than it did. And he got most of the decisions right. So the reason that I said that we may end up talking about the ref is the issue of consistency. Mm -hmm. So the... As we expected, the match was a bit testy Mm -hmm. and a bit feisty, and especially in the second half. So firstly, worth pointing out, and actually um, I've heard a clip where Colin Frey and Steve Hodge were saying, okay, Forrest and Manchester take the lead. That's important. Taking the lead in these kinds of matches is really important. Second thing is get to halftime without conceding, Mm -hmm. and they did it. And that's really important. And and Wolves were forced into a double change at halftime to try and um, change the balance of the match. And they threw more resources forward. But there were... We'll, and we'll come back to what the players did in a bit. But I think there is an accusation that because the match was getting testy and feisty, that not all the same decisions were given twice. Yes and no. I think there were a lot of things... Well, and I, I presume you're referencing penalty decisions or not being given. Well, that kind of thing, bookings, you know, bookings given one way but not the other. So, um, so you know, Toff and Freuler both got booked for fouls and they were fair. But Johnson got booked for a dive and I think it was, was it Pedence mm-hmm. um, didn't, for example, when he went over very, equally as easily. And so, you know, and, and then Traore went over under Felipe's challenge. It wasn't a foul. And that's what led to what for many people will be the talking point of the second half, yeah. which was the massive scrap on the touchline, which saw Alan Tate and Wolves' assistant manager both get red cards, deservedly so, because I... I wouldn't I would need to see it again, but apparently they were throwing punches at each other, so they can't really argue with any of that, can they? No. But um well I would say I think we were very lucky that Traore didn't get a penalty because Felipe had his arm on him and was holding him. So I think we got away with that one. Mm-hmm. Um the Pedence one, yeah, I if Jono got booked for that, then yeah, I thought I thought that should have been a booking as well, but I didn't think Jono should have got booked for the first one in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a number of challenges that um Freuler I think it was harsh for his first booking, but then he got away with a flying two footed challenge a, a little uh, in the second half mm-hmm. that he got away with scot free, it wasn't even a free kick, so you you pays your money, you takes your choice there. So do you still think the ref got all the big calls right? I think he was doing what he could to keep the game flowing and under control. If he'd given sent Freuler off, it would have started a fight again. And do you think that VAR was giving him the help it should have been giving? No. I think um, VAR should have looked at the the Johnson one. Mm-hmm. I don't think it did. It should have made a different decision with Pedence in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have seen that back. And mm-hmm. I think that's as clear as you can you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, I think <sighs> I don't understand VAR, so I don't really know what to, what right. to say about so, it. I don't know when it gets called in and when it's okay. Out. So let's just. Talk about the Wolves equaliser mm-hmm. because yeah, we know it being feisty, we know you know, Ruben Neves got a yellow card, deservedly so, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And then the Wolves goal came. So talk us through 
what was going on because Forrest had made some subs. We'd gone five at the back, hadn't we? We took yeah, off Dennis so, and so, Bottom yeah, so and, and a lot of people were like, why has he done that? Well, mm-hmm. actually, Wolves effectively were playing six up front. Yeah. And us having four at the back just wasn't going to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So that's why Worrell came on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dennis had obviously annoyed Steve Cooper. Well, I mean, the thing the thing that we know if we've watched Dennis is that, especially when the match is in the balance, he's not always the best player because he does have this tendency of giving it away cheaply. Yeah. And so you take him off on 65 minutes and that's his most dangerous in terms of dangerous to his own team mm-hmm. <laughs> um, period taken out of it, I guess. And yeah, But yeah, we went to this 3-4-3 three, three, uh, with Danilo playing as the number nine. Yes. Well, that no, and that uh, Steve Cooper said in the interview afterwards. That's because he didn't. He didn't. It was planned to change the formation like that if they changed their formation, mm-hmm. but he had to take Toffolo off. Yeah, and he didn't, and that wasn't part of the plan. So Lottie was missing because he he'd had a child in the mm. week and missed training and everything. Toff came in. He couldn't last ninety minutes, so we had to use one of our substitution and windows also, for that. Also, this was when. Not long after the Traore's penalty shout, Traore was very, very wound up. Uh, Toff was all on this yellow card. And as we know, Traore's very fast mm-hmm. and wound up. So you could easily see it boiling over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, and as you said, Wolves had sort of a mix of a mix of um, nippy players and brawn up front because they had mm. Diego Costa, they had Traore although, um Eventually, Costa replaced Traore, um, as well as players like Sarabio and Pedence and, and Pedro mm. Neto. Um, so, yeah, we'd made those subs. Wolves had put loads of players up front. We shored up the defence and moved Danilo into being a striker. Um, and and we weren't quite ready to make the final because we only had one substitution opportunity left. So mm. you're not going to do that when you've still got 20 minutes to go. Talk us through the goal. Um, so, well, so the, the bit when the, they came down our left-hand side, um, played it across the D, uh, one of their players put a shot in and it bounced off Worrell, I think. Mm-hmm. And because of the way the ball came across the D, our back four had compressed in front of it to try and block the shot, which Worrell then did. But it then meant that Pedence on our right-hand side, um, uh, Nico had cut in Mm -hmm. to to do that that blocking. And that meant Pedence was in space. So Nico came back onto him and Pedence just dummied him and put it past Navas. So would you say that's Williams' fault or would you say that that's a team thing? Or is it just succumbing to pressure? It's at the time I thought, oh God, we've done it again. We've fallen asleep and left someone unmarked in the box. Mm -hmm. However, actually, I think we did the right thing, but someone should have been back Mm. to cover alongside Williams. Mm. Mm. Okay. So that goal went in. It was one all deflating. Forrest did make a double sub, so they brought on Awanyi for Danilo and they brought on Kuyate for Mangala. Um, how do, I mean, both coming back after a long period of time, so I guess, again, part of Cooper's reasoning in not making the subs earlier was also because you need to ease the players back in. Mm. 
Um, and I would imagine that we'll see a lot more of um, Kiate in a one year, bearing in mind it's a three game week. Mm. So did that make any noticeable difference to the last few minutes of the game? <sighs> no. I, well, yes, it, we, we played the same way. Mm-hmm. With Awani taking Dennis's role, yep, um, and doing the same thing, which was when he received the ball, he carried it upfield, mm-hmm. um, and there were a few sort of half chances where he would cut in after taking on their fullback, and then the ball would spill about the box a bit, and we wouldn't be able to get the, a decent shot in. Mm. Um, Kiate. he wasn't as noticeable; he wasn't quite as dynamic as Danilo, but then. He was a presence high up the pitch. And again, this is one of the things to note about today as opposed to the last, whatever, six or seven weeks is we played much higher up the pitch. We were defending from the front. We were pressing them in their half. And the the style of play in general, what we were trying to do was very, very different to how it's been recently. Mm, Okay. Okay. Um, one more thing about the referee and Pedence. I've not seen it um, because it was captured by VAR. Pedence, there was a bit of a kerfuffle towards the end and then a big pause at the ground. And it's because VAR were looking at Pedence, well, spitting at Brennan Johnson. To be fair, so um, I think, I can't remember it was, was it Mangala or something? Was was sort of like in a sort of 50-50 challenge with one of their players uh, who went down, Mangala's or whoever it was, got legs got tangled up with mm-hmm. the player who gone, went down. Pedence came charging over, absolutely livid about the challenge when it was just one of those things where their legs got tangled up. And um, Mangala was trying to help the other player, the, the Wolves player up. Our players and their players basically intervened to try and pull Pedence away. Mm-hmm. And while Pedence was walking away, I was looking at at the player on the ground and how they were they were sort of trying to get him up mm-hmm. because I was trying to figure out was there a foul there or not. And then the woman behind me just screamed, "She just spat in his face!" at the top mm. of her voice. And so, I mean, it must be like. It was not far outside their D, mm-hmm. so probably 30, 40 yards away from where I sit. Mm-hmm. And she saw it plain as mm. day. She was like, this is disgusting. How dare he do that? And like a few other people were like, what, what are you talking about? Like mm. they, they didn't see it. And she was like, he just spat in his face. And she was proper, proper ranting about it, as, mm-hmm. as you'd imagine. Yep. And then it came up on the screen saying the AR check, possible red card. And everyone was like, Oh. Hmm. Now, again, I've heard a clip from the radio where Colin frames Steve Hodge going, well, he spat at him. It's a red card. Mm-hmm. And then it's like VAR have shown that it's, it, it's clearly a spit, spitting incident and therefore should clearly be a red card. Oh, they're not doing anything. What's I, going on? I don't, I don't understand. It's, it's, oh, routine, it's routinely talked about as being the worst thing you can do in football. I mean, I don't know. Is it against the rules? I don't know. Uh, for people of a certain vintage, Rudy Voller and Frank Reichardt? Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but but if, it's, if, it's, if it's a red card offence, then I don't know why they can't give it. 
why they well, don't give it on that evidence. It's as clear as day from yeah. what the... But again, I've not seen it, but from, you know... Well, I've, I've seen a video of it since, mm-hmm. and it... Clear as day? Yeah. So... Or I, well, either he's spitting in his face or some sort of unidentified object has just happened to be flying past his head at that very moment. Some phlegm... <laughs> Flemmy globule happens yeah. to be, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so... And, of course, the thing is, presumably, because VAR have seen it and then the referee hasn't taken any action for whatever reason... I don't think the ref saw it because he was dealing with the other players. But wouldn't VAR have said in his ear, by the way, lads, come yeah. and have a look at this? Yeah, yeah. Um, so if it's been seen by VAR, presumably there's no retrospective action either. Mm. And that, having said earlier about the penalty shout where Dennis hits Tomato's hand and you're going, that's what VAR's for. Some, some of the incidents you've talked about there, Pedence, Johnson, this spitting incident, well, what the hell is VAR for? I know. Well, yeah, I've been saying that for a while. Hmm. Okay. And so the upshot of that was it ended one all with neither team massively satisfied. The 1865 Match Report. We took all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see we could not but she did and in the end what will i become senwa saga hellblade 2 play it now with game pass you're listening to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. OK, Baz, what are your thoughts about what this means for Forest's chances of survival? Because our group chat is a bit mixed. So I'm not going to go into names, but there's a couple of people in there who are really down in the dumps and really pessimistic and saying, oh, I don't know where... I don't know where the points are going to come from. We needed to win this because it's a home match against a rival. And then there's other people who are saying, but we played more positively today. There was more dynamism actually with Wood and Shelby not in contention. It's improved our style of play and made us look more like the forest we know and love. Where do you stand? I agree with both. (laughs) So uh, a few weeks ago, I went through the fixtures. I think I I, I mentioned it when we were doing a match report. And I thought we had in the, for the rest of the season, we had, I could see us getting eight points, which would have put us on 34 or something when I, when I did the, the thing. However, Six of those points were against Wolves and against Newcastle. So mm-hmm. so that's that's blown that out of the water. <laughs> yes. So I don't know where we're going to get the points from. However, the, the ray of hope is that we played like a competitive forest side that the, the type of side that we know and love mm-hmm. uh, from the, the from the entirety of the last 18 months of Steve Cooper's reign. Mm-hmm. Um if we can do that away from home, then we might just squeak through. But that's the question is why can't, why have we been unable to do that away from home 
all season. And how realistic that we suddenly start doing that away from home yeah. when we haven't done it all season. Exactly. So, yeah, so it's, it's, it is a bit of both. I, I can't see where the points are coming from unless we can translate this, this style of play mm. to away. Because actually now, that, that home record, it's worthless in a way because we need the points away from home. Yeah. We need yeah. three points away from home more than once. So looking at the table as it stands, so this is about two hours after the match has ended. Palace are in 12th place on 30 points. Wolves are 13th on 28 points. Forest are 14th on 27 points. And astonishingly, we're above someone on goal difference because <laughs> Bournemouth are also on 27 points, but have a goal worse goal difference. Uh, then Leeds are in 16th, who we play on Tuesday. They're on 26. Everton on 26. Leicester are in the final relegation place on 25 points. West Ham are on 24, but they've got two games in hand. And Southampton are propping up the table on 23. It's not got any less tight, has it? And no. what what we've seen from Leicester dropping down and Bournemouth, you know, somersaulting, any result, anyone getting a win will make a huge difference to the way the table looks, won't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, the positive to take from that is... Points-wise, we're not great, but 14th, if we can hold 14th position, then, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, and ultimately, it's the actual position that will count at the end of the season, isn't it? Um, Okay, so we really needed... I think most fans would have said, from Wolves and Leeds, six points would be nice, four would be okay. Mm -hmm. But that means now we've got to win away at Leeds. Yep. Uh, Leeds, who are seemingly getting a little bit better... Still inconsistent, but getting better. Mm-hmm. So is is well while we've kind of been in a slump, is this the sign of us pulling out of a slump? Those are the questions, really. Yeah, and without wishing to state the obvious, we don't know the answers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, if we think about the other factor, the elephant in the room which has been... You really shouldn't talk about the owner like that. (laughs) Okay, I really hope no one at the club is listening (laughs) to this podcast. But you are alluding to something. So last night, The Telegraph, not John Percy, who's the usual correspondent for Midlands football and for Forest, but Matt Law reported that Cooper was basically in trouble again. And a couple of weeks ago, we'd seen... Not even a couple of weeks ago, just a few days ago... We'd seen some speculation from overseas journalists that Cooper, they were lining up a replacement for Cooper. And um, I can't for the life of me remember the name of the guy off the top of my head. Mm. Um, here we go. It was um, Marcelino Garcia Toral, ex-Valencia boss, who apparently rejected Forrest's overtures. Now, if you believe what the furore was saying, then it was win or bust for Cooper. And I guess we're two hours after the end of the match and we haven't heard anything yet. yet. Um, well, so um, they said on the radio when I was on the way to the ground that uh, Mr. Maranakis was in the ground and speculating as to why that might be. At the start of the match, I looked over to where he sat and his, his area was empty. And I was like, oh, God, he's in the boardroom making the phone calls. But then he turned up and he seemed to enjoy the match. I was keeping an eye on him throughout. So with regards to the Cooper situation, Mm -hmm. 
the thing that was noticeable is, as usual, the home atmosphere was a cauldron and there was even more support for the gaffer than, Actually, than I'll usual. T- I'll, I'll add to that. It, it wasn't just a cauldron. It was the last two or three home games. There's been a palpable tension in the air and you could hear the nerves even while we were chanting and there was the odd quiet patch. That was not the case today. It was proper, proper, full-on supporting the t- the team. And the gaffer. And the gaffer. Because, like, so, for example, when he walked out, mm. you know, he always gets a round of applause and he always turns out full standing ovation, basically, wasn't yeah. it? Um, and that was clearly... I mean, apart from one or two noisy dissenting voices on Twitter, which, as we know, is not necessarily the best place to get balanced opinions, Forest fans are behind Cooper, and the fans in the ground were really, really, really keen to show that today, weren't they? absolutely. Now, when the Marcelino rumour came out, again, amongst us who work on the pod, we were saying, essentially... Is it disrespectful to Cooper? Well, it feels it, but actually the club would be stupid to not yeah. to not be thinking about other options because we're not safe. And then regardless of what's happening right now as well, they will also be thinking about options for the summer because like it or not, football is a business. And whether we stay up or not, will have a bearing on and whether I Cooper's want, the best man to be in the I want possible. to add to that is if you listen to Cooper's interviews after some of our away defeats, and I'm thinking of West Ham in particular, but a lot of them recently, he said, we didn't have enough fight, we didn't do this, we didn't do that. And he sounded like a man who didn't know how to fix the problems. So if that's coming across in his interviews where he's trying to be a figurehead for the club, Mm -hmm. how's it coming across behind the scenes? Is that him being too honest? Possibly, but... If you're Mr. Maranakis and you've put in this much money and the man you've entrusted it to is coming across like he doesn't know how to fix the problems, what are you going to do? But equally, in his pre-match interview that they played on the radio uh, just before kickoff, he was sounding very positive, very defiant. Absolutely. He was, and he was emphasising, the... again, the unity of the group. And mm-hmm. now that's and also how the group are not only unified as a bunch of players, but they are also, you know, the club is moving in the right direction and also that they're not taking that fan support for granted. Yeah, and um, I would say also his interview before the Newcastle match was a very, very similar thing, Ian. But again, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. but if you're in his situation, what are you going to do? You're going to accentuate all the positives and try and push all those negatives out. The other thing that I thought just struck me, I don't know how significant it is, but the other thing that struck me was the fact that he basically has been at points to set uh, been at pains to say we expected to be in a dog fight at this stage of the season mm-hmm. which wasn't something he was saying earlier in the season now he may have thought it all the way along and maybe he was just keeping his powder dry um but you know he's had those things like before Newcastle is saying well we're in a good position but we know that it's going to be tight. And in the one that they played today, he was basically saying, yeah. we knew all along that it's going to be an absolute scrap and it's going to be tight. And actually maybe it's a little bit tighter than we expected, but we knew this was going to be the case. Yeah. Uh, again, 
if you're in his situation and if his job really is on the line, and I'm, I'll get to that in a sec, mm-hmm. um, what are you going to do? You're going to lay mm-hmm. out expectations. You're going to set expectations accordingly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So go on. Well, um, well, uh, actually, another point is at the start of the season when we started on our player spree, mm-hmm. there was, and I can't remember where I heard it, but there was a thing doing the rounds. I think it might have been John Percy, in fact, mm-hmm. uh, saying that Mr. Maranakis thinks that after this much spending, that um, it, uh, the, the top half is a possibility. Mm-hmm. So if Steve Cooper has, if that was true and Steve Cooper knew that, then again, he's doing expectation settings. Yeah, yeah. But we know that the one thing that we know for certain is that Maranakis is an incredibly demanding boss. Mm-hmm. And you could say that he has every right to be because mm-hmm. of the amount of money he's put in. You could also question the way in which certain things are run at the club. And you could also legitimately question about the strides that we've taken in the last two or three months when there's been quite a lot of turbulence in terms of Murphy leaving, Heraldi coming in, the scout, the other scouts being sacked, um, Lee Charnley being appointed as a consultant. And then the question that we alluded to in our discussion podcast, which is have Forest January signings actually made us worse? Mm-hmm. All different types of issues. We're not going to debate them all here, but just things that people are talking about. What did Cooper have to say after today's match? Um, that it was disappointing in terms of the result, but encouraging in terms of the performance, which I guess is what we've been saying here as well. I think that if we had lost today, Cooper would be gone. Mm-hmm. If we had drawn today and the performance wasn't as good as it was today, mm-hmm. then Cooper would be gone. Mm-hmm. I think the performance may well have saved his job. And is that performance down to excellence by the head coach and his team, or down to the players pulling together because they want to save the head coach and his team, or a bit of both, or do we just not know? I, we don't know. But what I would say is this performance, if you were to... Ask a Forest fan who's been watching us for the last 18 months, how would you describe a Steve Cooper side? Mm-hmm. I would say this performance embodies it. Okay. Let's just look forward. Got Leeds in midweek, got Villa on Saturday. We've already said that away points and performances have, I mean, to state the blooming obvious, mm-hmm. um, been lacking. Um, do you think on the basis of today that actually they can take some some strength from today in terms of performance, if not results. And by playing slightly more dynamic players like the Danilos, by having a one back in the squad and Kuyate back in the squad, there's a glimmer of hope there. I actually think because Leeds are inconsistent, if, if our away problem isn't some sort of mental block mm-hmm. that the players just no longer have the belief that they can do anything away from home... If it's just we've been unlucky and things have not gone right, then we could get three points at Leeds. Leeds aren't very good. Mm -hmm. Um, And today we were sort of pretty good Mm -hmm. finishing apart or decision, the odd decision apart. So, yeah, there is a chance that we could get three points at Leeds. 
three points of Villa, that's much, much less likely. Mm. I think against Leeds in particular, but in all of our away matches, who gets the first goal will be vitally important. And we mm. saw that in the Leeds home match, didn't we? Yeah. Forrest scoring the first goal meant that Leeds were like, oh, crap. And mm. if it happens the other way, then Forrest will have that same reaction. Um, we will be back after the Leeds match and we'll be back after the Villa match with match reports as usual. We want to say thank you to Baz for joining us today. And of course, thank you to you, listener, for joining us. And if you like what you hear, you know what to do. Spread the word. Leave us a review. Uh, we'll be back in a few days time. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.